Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of Pro Shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to Above180.com with Tim Bird and Joey Serrar. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts and the stars of the PBA, now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is Victor Marion. Victor is the Director of Research and Development at Storm Bowling and Roto Grip. Victor, I want to thank you for joining us today. No problem. I'm definitely glad to be here. Well, Victor, I thought we'd, we'd have you on because earlier in the year there was a, a, a big uh, a big decision made by storm to go and come out with a, a layout system called the vector layout system you guys rolled it out uh, for the pro shops and did a whole uh, kind of informational sort of seminar sort of thing i know you guys you know made the rounds to all your shops and it was introduced to the public june 1st of 2013 so i guess i just want to get your thoughts on how is it how has it been received by the pro shops and how have things been going with this new layout uh, system you guys are using well, the, the whole layout system, we developed it because we felt that over the years, the evolution of layouts have, for lack of better terms, been kind of a hit-or-miss trial-by-error, and in some cases, even a trial-by-fire to where you drill a ball, and if it just doesn't roll the way you want, uh, you hope you can sell it to someone else, maybe? So it's been a tough thing, and you know, part of my job at Storm is uh, our research and development. And essentially what I was looking at when I first came to Storm is I wanted to take some of the black magic out of layouts. And that was the one thing as a pro shop operator before I came to Storm, I really wanted when I spoke to a customer, when I was trying to sell them a ball, I wanted to know exactly what was going to happen and why it was going to happen. So that was part of what started this whole idea of VLS. And on my side of it was, hey, how can I explain why some layouts work for some bowlers, but they don't for others? Especially when you look at the generic layout instructions that you know virtually come with every ball now, I looked at them and said, "Well, this works sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't." And it just, as a scientist and someone who likes data and information, it just baffled me. So I spent a lot of time just doing independent research. I'd occasionally call my salesman. I was up in Washington. I'd call Lee up and say, "Hey, Lee, can can I get a couple pro pins or pro CGs or?" Can I get a couple balls just to punch a bunch of holes in and do some experiments? And he helped out. Eventually, that led to my job at Storm. And then, lo and behold, I get to Storm. And it's like, oh, wow, there's there's a whole group of people here that are asking the same questions. So at that point, it evolved into a collaboration. Uh, you know, Hank Blumershine, for example, that had some ideas and theories on it himself. Uh, the cell shape for Rotogrip, you know, that was definitely one of the first concepts of trying to get these contoured planes. We still didn't know a lot about them. And, of course, we fast-forward now, all of a sudden we have these uh, CAD renderings, these topographical images that show RG planes, migration paths. We've learned a lot about axis migration. And uh, that was what inspired us to do this whole seminar push, was we had a system that we'd worked on that we found 
positive trends and correlations between migration paths, directions, and distances. And it's like, wow, this stuff is so good. If we can teach it to our pro shops, hopefully we can take some of the black magic of, well, this ball, I, you know, I thought it would do this, and I laid it out like this, and it just didn't roll right. And, you know, the frustration to both the pro shop and the customer. So we did the big push at the beginning of the year. We tied it up to the sink because, uh, you know, that's a high asymmetrical ball, which requires asymmetrical layouts, which is really what the VLS specializes in. Now, of course, it does work for symmetricals, but we did it to pro shops first because we wanted to basically get the feedback from them, teach them how to use the system, and give them a while to, to let it grow on them. And that really is where the answer to your question lies, is we didn't want to give them something that they weren't 100% confident in and then also throw it to the public and have public coming in asking them questions when maybe they themselves weren't comfortable. Because if you plug in all the variables, it, it gets the bowler stats, ball speed, rev rate, access tilt, access rotation, what's their positive access coordinates. And then it asks the different variables of lane. What's the pattern length? What's the volume? And then it asks you, what do you want this ball to do? Do you want a long transition or a short transition? How quick do you want it to read the mid lane? How strong do you want it to be? So you plug in all these variables, and they're all variables of physics, which, you know, the seminar itself, when I built it, I easily could have done a seven-hour seminar because the physics, I absolutely love it. It's just fascinating to me. But I realized I might be a little bit too complex trying to, you know, teach physics level three um, to the general public. So instead, the spreadsheet does the math for us. So I built this spreadsheet. We taught it to the pro shops, and they plug in these different variables, and all of a sudden it kicks out layouts that when you map it out on the ball, you scratch your head and say, I would never drill a ball like this. And unfortunately, some pro shops said, no, this is too far out of the norm. I'm not going to risk it, and they didn't use it. And then a few of the pro shops have taken those layouts and went, well, Storm spent a lot of time and energy on this, years of research. They've got USB-C data to verify it. They've got proofs and theorems, and, you know, here's all the data for it. So what the heck, I'll give it a go. And they tried it, and the ball rolled and it rolled great, and they're like, wow, that's, I never would have guessed that. So they try it again, and they try it again, and they get more confidence. So for the shops that have been willing to try it, especially when it gives layouts, you know, out of the box, which they just look different, but mathematically they're sound, all of a sudden they're going, wow, this is pretty cool. This is a, a really strong tool. And now you fast forward to June, we've given the pro shops you know, four or five months to play with and work with it, We've now released it to the public because we felt that not only is this an important tool for the pro shop, but if you're a bowler, being able to see how these layouts correspond to what maybe you have in your bag, you can use it to understand a little bit more about why you should pull this ball out or why you should maybe make this ball change here or there because this is the way uh, the, the pattern of it, the trends, the physics behind it. So that's, you know, that's a very long-form answer to your question. I hope, it, you, know, I hope you understand what I'm getting at, but we've received really well on the shops that have embraced it. And the ones that haven't really looked at it yet, we're really encouraging them to. But we feel that whenever you introduce a new technology, you've always got people that just jump on it right away. You know, they're, they're the ones that love the first comers. They're the ones that just jump on the new stuff, and they really love it. And then there's some that take a little bit, you know, show me first, prove it before I jump into it. And there's nothing wrong with that attitude either, and we feel that, you know, now that we're even a few months out from the public release, that more and more pro shops are starting to embrace it. We get phone calls daily at Storm now from customers, from pro shops, from professionals even. Uh, it's not uncommon for a pro to call me up and say, hey, Vic, 
I got a question for you. I have this ball and this layout. What do you think would work? I want this motion. How do I have to lay it out to get the same, you know, X, Y, or Z reaction? How can I tweak it to do it? And, you know, it's it's been really, really well adapted by a lot of people, and we have a lot of confidence in it. So uh, well, how's that for an answer? <laughs> yeah, and you know, Victor, I mean, that that's a great answer. I mean, you, you really expounded on it clearly. But uh, I, I just need to touch base with you on, on a few different elements. And uh, mm-hmm. I affectionately refer to you. And and again, you and I have met a couple times, and we, we've spoken a number of times on uh, weight hole placements and the like, and mass biases and axis migration. But I refer to you as Storm's boy genius. I don't know if you're, you're aware of this, and and obviously, I think I've heard that nickname. <laughs> right, and, and obviously it's an affectionate term. Um, did you or did Storm's brain trust have to, for lack of a better term, dumb it down a little bit so the typical or average ball driller, and I'll put myself in that group, could understand exactly what the VLS was about, or? Did you put it out there in its fully technical form? There was a, an original version, uh, because I, I wrote the spreadsheet. I was the one that started with the math, where you plugged in all of the variables. So, it, you know, you had to find the rev rate 332 RPMs with 17.2 degrees of axis tilt and, you know, 47.8 degrees of axis rotation. And, you know, I can go on even more with the milliliters of the lane type of lane surface. Uh, the the basic equation is so complicated that I, I've worked on it for a long, long time now because it is, I find it fascinating. But then I went back and looked at it and went, wow, you almost have to have a degree in order to enter all these variables correctly. So then I looked at it and I thought, well, I remember when I was doing a pro shop and I, you know, before I, I really got into this heavy and got into the R&D and, of course, hired by Storm, that if I was a pro shop, how could I do this fast, efficiently, but also in a way that makes sense? So that's where their drop-down menus are categorized. Instead of having to know exactly what the axis tilt is, you just have to know is it low, is it medium, or is it high? And then, you know, instead of having to know the exact volume in milliliters and type of pattern because of oil viscosity, it's Generally, would you classify it as, you know, a medium pattern, a light pattern, or somewhere in between? So, yes, the, the version that is currently released is, I believe, in about the simplest form we can release. Because if we go any simpler, you start losing out on the key variables, and you just can't solve the equations with any accuracy. But right. on the flip so, side, there's still, there's still enough, uh, enough questions in there, detailed enough, that you can get an answer that is very, very close to what, say, the long-form equation where you're plugging in all the variables are. Right, and, and all of this is done in an effort to uh, both simplify and make it more accurate and helpful to the ball driller to give the consumer what they're looking for, rather than just the typical, I need it to go long and hook strong on the back end for heavy oil, which you and I know is not at all the right verbiage. Um, exactly. Right, and... I mean, Tim, you must have some type of follow-up. I mean, I understand what Victor is saying and trying to convey, but to a non-ball driller, is this Greek to you or not? Well, I guess my question is, 
you know, it's, it's kind of twofold because it, it makes me think, you know, me and, you know, Joe, we were having this conversation earlier. How much do do I need to understand as, as a bowler? You know, I, I bring my storm bowling ball to Joe and Joe's been drilling my stuff. So he knows, you know, he knows where this is going to fit in my arsenal. Should I come to him and say, hey, Joe, I want you to try the VLS or should it be up to Joe to say, hey, Tim, I'm, I'm just thinking I'm going to try this with you. I've been doing this, and this is something that Storm came out with with their pieces. So as, as the, the bowler like myself, what what do you guys recommend? or how are, And this is probably for both you guys, but how, how are you guys handling this with your – you know, because there's been a lot of people that probably have been drilling Storm forever and had great success, and now you come to me and say, well, I'm gonna, we're going to try this layout or this different sort of – you know, we're going to put your numbers and, and match all that up. And I might say, well, wait a minute. I've been, you know, doing quite well the way it's right now. Uh, what do you say to someone like that? Okay. Uh, well, I've got so many different thoughts, and there. I'll, I'll try and uh, get them all qualified because there's a bunch of different tangents I could go on from what you said. So I think I'll give you an example that answers a lot of them. Uh, Stuart Williams, of course, uh, newer to the TVA Tour, you know, coming over from England, did really well on his debut year, a solid bowler all the way around. For those that don't know him on a personal level, he's also very much a technician, does pro shops, drills his own equipment, and understands it. But he is probably the perfect example because he's really, really smart, and he understands it, but he's also not extremely technical. Now, keep in mind, he's, he's definitely very technical from an outside, but when you're looking at it from, like, well, exact numbers, math, and science, he's not there. But when he came and he worked with me for a couple hours a few different times now going over this, it was humorous to me that he would ask me a question. I'd literally sit down, write out the long-form answer, show him the math, the science, the physics, the vectors, the equations, explain, you know, do this, do this. He'd ask a follow-up and then do this, do this, and then he'd say, all right, now look at the sheet of paper because this is the answer I would have done. And we compare the two side by side, and guess what? my answer and his answer would be within, you know, 90% same. So that's where a lot of pro shops, you know, this isn't so revolutionary that it's the absolute only way you can lay it out. This trial and error process we've been going through for years, you know, this crazy game called bowling with high, you know, weight blocks and differentials and RGs, we've learned a lot of it already. But what's neat is with someone like Stewart, when he sees the answer from the VOS, when he picks up the bowling ball as a bowler, now all of a sudden he has a different level of confidence. And you know as well as I do that bowling is as much a mental game as it is a physical. It's not more so. So when he sees the VLS and he kicks him out an answer saying, you know, mathematically this should be the best reaction, he picks that ball up and he knows, all right, if I, if I do a good shot, this ball is going to give me the best chance to strike. So he gave him a level of confidence. He didn't go, Stuart, you're thinking all wrong. Sorry, unlearn everything you've done. I don't care how many titles you have, how many, you know, international tournaments you've cashed in. It, it it's not like that at all. It really does make a lot of sense for a lot of people because it's close to what we've been doing. But it gives us different options, especially, you know, we all have a good ball, a benchmark ball, where we know it's good, we know the reaction, we feel comfortable, especially when we get lost going to it. And those are the layouts and the type of balls that we all gravitate towards. But when we need to go outside of that because the ball's just pushing a little bit too long or we have problems when we need to move inside and open up the lanes, or we have problems when we need to move right and play straighter. Sometimes, because we don't always have to do that, it's not our A game, it's not our benchmark. It's when we try and go above or below that reaction, we can be a little confused. 
And the VLS, because of the variables you plug in, can help us answer those questions. So that's where I believe the VLS is good for a customer, is it can show them and give them some confidence. But on the flip side, when we release this, one of the reasons we went to the pro shops first is you still need a professional operator. They have to understand it, and they have to put in the reactions. Because I'll tell you, as a bowler, I feel like I'm dead up, you know, dead off the side of the ball, you know, 90 degrees, Pete Weber. And then you put me on a camera, it's like, wow, I'm actually more like 58 degrees, not nowhere near 90. So that's where you need a professional still. So we believe that the pro shop operator is still the most important part of the equation because this equation is so prolific. We give the layouts, but you still have to have the right weight block in it, and you still have to have the right core or uh, cover, rather, and finish even. So we need the pro shop. This is a tool for them, and the better the operator, the more confident they are, the more they use the system, they might even stop using the system. Personally, when I worked the... I go out and I work with the pros. I don't have to plug it in anymore because I can understand the migration paths and planes to where I can choose layouts very accurately for what they're asking for without having to plug it in to get the exact answer. I hate to say it. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not a robot, so when I throw the ball, sometimes my tilt changes a little, sometimes my ball speed changes a little. So the mathematical equation, it needs to get you close. But as a human, we're never going to repeat the shot exactly every single time, so we don't have to get it to the nth degree of accuracy. Hence the reason why you didn't have to have every single variable filled in perfectly. You just have to get it close so that, in general, on average, you're going to get the best results. So, Victor, how accurate would you say this statement is that the correct ball surface, regardless of the ball type, but the correct ball surface is integral in getting the ball to the pocket, whereas the correct layout is integral for the ball to go through the pins properly for a high percentage of pin carry. Absolutely the truest statement you could possibly make because uh, the way I look at that Good. and the analogy has been done for a long time, the engine and the car, the tires, we're talking about the engine. We're fine-tuning it, absolutely. But if you get out there with a flat tire, i.e. your surface is wrong, I don't care if your engine has been racing-tuned and is perfectly balanced, you know, within a millionth of an inch. It doesn't matter if you don't have the right tires. Right, and, and I often use that as an analogy with, with customers of mine. Uh, if you have five balls with you and they're all highly polished, I don't care what layout's on them or what type ball they are, and you're on a heavy oil pattern, you're not going to have as good a look as the next fellow who, say, has a ball or two at a 1,000 or, say, a 2,000 grid surface. Oh, boy. But, but again, yeah. to be able to get to the pocket consistently. And then, you know, again, the, the layout, like we, we mentioned earlier, can affect the transition phases of a particular ball so it goes through the pins properly and gives us a high percentage of carry. That's the way I would describe it. Basically, using the Stuart Williams example again, when we're looking at the carry you still have to play the right part of the lane. You have to find the oil line. You have to get the ball to the pocket. And you can have the wrong layout, but get the ball to the pocket every time. And because of entry angle and just pure power, rotation and speed into the pocket, you can carry. But where the problem is, 
our game, if we threw it perfect every time, we'd be averaging 300, right? Well, not exactly, but exaggerating. <laughs> so the idea is when we miss, when we make a mistake, that the penalties are smaller and the rewards are higher, that's the engine. So basically, the bowler is still going to be the dominant factor outside of the bowling ball. Right? And if we do the hierarchy of it, my, my opinion is the bowler is still the number one. The lane man, the surface, because if he gives us a horrible, horrible surface or a lane condition around the bowl on, scores are going to go down. There's just no way around it. He gives us a great one, scores go up. But then you have to compensate for that, the surface of the ball, what type of cover stock, what's the finish. And then finally, on the totem pole, is the weight block. So when we're talking the VLS and the layouts, that weight block is going to help maximize our, our area as far as our misses. Are they as bad? Does it overread? Does it underread? Or is it if I cheat it a little bit, it still carries? If I miss right, it tips up without overhooking? That's the weight block. So you're, you're correct in the fact the surface is important, the cover stock is important. The layout is really that, that final thing. It's the difference from getting tapped on the 10 pin and actually having the messenger take out the 10 pin. You still have to get to the pocket. And that's bowler, lane surface, and that's definitely lane pre- or, uh, sorry, the surface prep. Again, joining us from Storm is Victor Marion. Victor, I got a question for you. Billy Hall came out with this new uh, tri-grip uh, drilling method. And I want to get your thoughts on this because, to me, again, this is something where what you're talking about with the, the VLS, I can – can I take a, a you know drill at the VLS Stormway and use Billy Hall's grip method that he's talking about because Jeff Riggles is trying this. we got a lot of pro shops subscribing to this. Joe himself is trying this with some of his new equipment. You know, uh, a lot of people are trying this. What, what are your thoughts on – kind of what Billy's trying to do and again not necessarily revolutionizing uh, a you know the the way uh, the tri grip method or it, you know it's something that's been out there a little bit and Billy's kind of tweaked it and, and in his uh, opinion perf- perfected it but what are your thoughts on that Oh my thoughts on that that's kind of an interesting one uh, especially from my perspective where I've had the pleasure and honor of working with some of the greatest bowlers in the world and what I'll tell you is more more than anything, you have to feel comfortable in your fit. And that's, I mean, if you take the fit of Pete Weber and Norm Duke and then you try to use a different grip on them, it technically might be better, especially if we study, you know, the biomechanics of the hand, the anatomy, you know, just how their hand is. Could there be a better fit? Maybe. But this is what they're comfortable with and they like their release. So I think it's a great thing. I, I believe the better the fit, the more enjoyment you're going to get out of the game, and ultimately the better you're going to repeat shots. So I think it's a good thing for sure, but I, I don't necessarily know that it's something that everyone has to switch to because if you're doing well with what you have and it's not causing any uh, damage, of course, then I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence on that a little bit. Fit is one of those... Fit is one of those black magic things that I would definitely love to solve because I know there's biomechanics to it, but some of it, too, uh, I've played with a lot of grips. I'll give you an example. Uh, In 2004, I went back and looked through my records. I had 94 spec sheets that all had different spans, grips, and pitches. 94, one year. I told you, this is part of the reason why I got my job with Soren, and I loved R&D. So I drilled literally 94 different types of fits, because I felt I needed to understand if I do this, how does it affect this? And there's so many different variables between span and pitches. I did Sarge Easter, semi-fingertip, 
I mean, I, I shot an 800 with a half-inch forward on both fingers and three-quarter forward on the thumb, middle sharp. I mean, it's, and that obviously kind of hurt a little bit, but I definitely didn't grab the ball. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely a, an interesting thing because fit and grip are so much, to me, personal preference because I know some people, the way they like the feel of the ball, they like their load points to be on different positions of their thumb. They like the load point. I'll take uh, Pete Weber, for example. Uh, his thumb, he has a pretty gnarly notch at the top of his thumb, but that's how he locks it in there. Now, if you didn't know Pete Weber was you know, one of the all-time greats and he just walked into your shop and he said, hey, can you drill me a ball? You look at his thumb because he doesn't have a spec sheet. You're going to, oh, man, I don't know what you've been doing, but it's wrong, wrong, wrong. There's, there's no way you should have a callus this gnarly and the way you're locking in the ball just horrible. And then you look him up on the internet and see his resume and go, oh, wow, has, have you always had a fit like this? And he says, oh, no, just uh, the last 30, 40 years. You go, okay, let's see if we can find your original spec sheet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, talking about Pete is, is fun, and we could probably devote a whole show to that, but I think it'd be good for our listeners as well as myself for you to give us your insights into how one of Storm's new products is going to help help bowler score better. It's called the Bite, and uh, if you want to talk about the cover stock, uh, the, the new core, not not really a new core, but a tweak on an existing core, and exactly how this ball will fit into the current line, and if there's any other balls previously that this ball kind of reminds you of motion-wise. Okay. Uh, that's a great question because it goes, it definitely ties into the VLS and the fact it is a high split asymmetric. So the PSA placement is definitely an important part of the equation, how to fine tune it. But really the one characteristic that we found, especially with the sink, we're talking an ultra high differential, you know, it's right at the max USB-C allowed. The split is literally as high as we felt possibly comfortable releasing and then really low RG, you know, we kind of went the extremes in all directions. But what we found is even with the right layout, you just have to have so much oil that a lot of people weren't able to use it unless they were truly bowling on an absolute flooded condition. So the bite is kind of the, the way to complement it in the fact that it is the same shape, but by playing with the densities, we're able to get the ball to float down the lane much, much easier we're still utilizing the concepts of contours and shapes and these, you know, axis migration planes, you know, the VLS concept, but get it down the lane easier. Because ultimately, even if the weight block's doing everything right, if it's wanting to read at 22 feet, you're probably going to have problems getting the proper entry angle. So even if the weight block's rolling really, really strong, if you don't have entry angle, you're losing out on one of the greatest benefits uh, basically modern bowling technology has given us is the ability to generate entry angle. Now, that's the difference from bowling today versus, uh, you know, I dare say 30 years ago is what used to be a high entry angle 30 years ago is I'd consider it now low based on the standards we're able to achieve even with a moderate amount of rotation. You know, you don't have to be a cranker anymore. You don't have to mark off the ball to try and get a little bit of tip on the back. The cover stocks and weight block do that for us. So now right. with the bite being a, a low uh, or a very strong shape, Good, good contours, migration paths, and planes that we have confidence in. But by taking the low RG and raising it up to 252, 
now the ball doesn't want to read quite as early, so you can still utilize the shape of the weight block, the big engine, but it's easier to get it down the lane. And that's where I think the bite's going to shine, is it's a high-end, asymmetric, you know, our, our top-of-the-line cover, top-of-the-line weight block designs and theory craft, all of that, but it's easier to get down the lane, so now you can utilize it, perhaps on conditions where uh, the sink might just be too strong because there's not enough head oil. Now all so, of a sudden you can Victor, take the bite... If I can just interject here, can you explain yeah. how, uh, I mean, raising the RG we know will help it rub up a little later, a little easier length in that respect. And we know the cover has less surface friction than the sink, but how does lessening or lowering the ball's differential from 058 to 043 actually have the ability to enhance the ball's back-end motion shape? All right, that one I think the easiest to relate to is what we did with the centripetal weight block uh, in the, say, the Marvel Pearl. Uh, definitely a successful ball we've had for a while, but also now we have the IQ Tour Gold, as people call it, the IQ Tour Pearl. So we have the same shape weight block, but by tweaking densities, we were able to keep the RGs low because we felt we wanted the ball to read early. But the difference is we took it down, I mean, we took it down to a 30 differential, so it has less overall flare, which gives it more control. So this is where we have an interesting parallel between what we did with the Marble Pearl and the IQ Gold, is we gave a ball reaction that's still very strong, and a lot of people see the motion that's so continuous because it doesn't have the tendency to try and over-rev. And that's one thing that the VLS helps solve for, is it tells us layouts that are going to keep the weight block from trying to change direction too early. But ultimately, if there's just too much friction, it's still going to try and have too quick too soon. So by bringing the RG up and by lowering the differential, we've now taken two attributes and complemented each other. Bringing the RG up, it's a little bit harder to rev up, so you get a little bit more push, skip through the front cleaner. But then by taking the differential and bringing it down, don't get that tendency to where the weight block might want to turn up a little bit too early or quick if, say, you got around it just a little bit too much or got a little bit too much on the bottom. So you're still going to see an extremely strong motion out of it, but it shouldn't have that tendency to overread or burn out or roll out by a common term. All right. Well, Victor, we're going to let uh, let you go again. For more information on the bite, you can check out stormbowling.com. The worldwide release date of the ball is the 22nd of October. So, uh, Victor, everyone will be looking forward to that. Again, check out stormbowling.com for, for information on the bite and, and check out your local pro shop to, uh, to purchase a bite. So, uh, Victor, I want to thank you for joining us. Very informative information, and you provided our audience with a lot of a lot of information, a lot of very technical information, but you also, um, being honest, you broke it down into a way that even kind of a, a layman like myself and a, a bowler can understand it. So I want to thank you for that, and uh, all the best, okay? Absolutely. It was uh, wonderful getting to chat with you gentlemen, and uh, anytime, uh, I definitely look forward to any questions, follow feedback you might get from your uh, listeners. I'd be happy to come on another time if you had a couple more questions Thank you, Victor. I really appreciate uh, you being on the show and having the time to chat with you. No problem. Thanks, folks.